a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, um, got involved in a, a very, very unhealthy, very unpleasant uh, relationship with a very toxic and manipulative individual. And I, uh, witnessing this relationship firsthand and trying to understand what was happening uh, and trying trying to help my friend, I became very interested in, very preoccupied by, and very terrified by um, the psychology of abusers and of abuse, and and by the the techniques that abusers use to manipulate and control their victims. And what I was learning at that time um, found its way into the screenplay for this movie in a, in a you know, really significant way and and, uh, and is very much present throughout. You will have one job. You do what I say. You clean up my house. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Rate and review wherever you listen. This week, is there a theme? I mean, I, I can weave together some themes in these movies, Dave, but I didn't know if you had a title. Alternative Ways to Raise Children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> and we're going to start with the 2012 film called Chained. This is on Tubi or VOD. I love Chained. I, I I discovered this on Tubi during the pandemic. It's directed by Jennifer Lynch, David Lynch's daughter. What? Yeah, David Lynch's daughter. And wow, she made uh, Boxing Helena like many many years before, and it was super panned. So she didn't make a movie for like twelve years, and then she made Chained, which I think is a great movie. Uh, that was very very underrated especially uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's um, performance in it is very spellbinding and captivating. Um, but he's, he plays Bob, a cab driver, uh, serial killer, who kidnaps uh, Sarah, briefly played by Julia Ormond. <laughs> that was shocking. Uh, uh, yeah, she's like a big actress, and she's gone like right away. Um, and her young son, Tim, played by Eamon Farron, um, I had never seen him in anything before. He's an Australian actor. I thought he did great in this. Uh, but there's also another person that plays his uh, younger self. But it mostly focuses on him older. But uh, he kidnaps the mom and the son from the movies in his taxi cab and kills the mom and raises this, I, I think he's nine years old. Yeah. Um, and he says, uh, I will call you Rabbit. And uh, he, he names him Rabbit. So then he keeps him in captivity. Uh, and it's like equal parts like hostage, indentured slave, uh, kind of like foster child. Uh, and it serves as like a really messed up coming of age story of uh, this kid who's in captivity this whole time by a serial killer. So it, most of the film takes place in Bob's house over the course of probably 10 or 12 years from the first day, Bob tells Rabbit he has only one job, and which actually is one million jobs. Uh, but it's just like, do whatever I say, or you get a beating. Um, I, I love I, I doing an impression. Uh, this is like a Rain Man or Forrest Gump type serial killer performance um, by D'Onofrio. Um, and so Rabbit is also forced to be complicit in the murders of dozens of women. Uh, as an onlooker, and he helps Bob dispose of the bodies and uh, beneath their house in like shallow graves and dissolves them with lie. Um, and Bob strangely has a need to be this demented father figure to Rabbit. And that's basically what the story is in this. Uh, he takes pride in himself as an effective killer and a stern teacher to Rabbit. Um, and he gives him a book of anatomy, and he wants him to be smart th at this point. But it's really messed up because uh, we get you know flashbacks of Bob himself being abused as a child, being forced to have sex with his own mother. Uh, this is deep stuff here that we're talking about. Uh, Rabbit keeps a scrapbook 
that Bob makes him keep. Uh, and they also have a card game that they play with the licenses of the people. Um, I, I love Chained. I thought it was really amazing. I think it's really underseen and it should be talked about more. I love a coming of age drama. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for <laughs> anytime you have a young, a young boy, and in in this case, taken in by a man who isn't his father, and shown what it means to grow up and be a man. You know, I, <laughs> oh my god! I thought it was it was touching to to see, especially, and and we'll we'll talk a little more about the relationship, but to see Bob give so much to. Uh, to to be a mentor, you know that always warms my heart when somebody who's not the parent is the mentor to the kid, and he teaches him, you know, all the organs and how to how <laughs> the organs, you know, like to take them apart and everything because you have to know how the body works if you're going to effectively take people apart, and that's what you're supposed to do as a man. Um, call me a softy, but I just <laughs> I thought this one. Yeah, you know, th- this was touching to me. He and, wasn't uh, a dad. He wasn't a stepdad. He was the dad who stepped. Daddy up. of the week. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> without, We're without bringing question, him back. It's a, it's been a while oh, since we had one in, of those. In this Ooh. one, a little spicy. There is some some hot sex, and this is not for the whole family, I guess. I can't believe that you said you you love this movie. I think it's I really funny. This. <laughs> this is a very funny pick to me. It's like, well, you know, I like realism in horror movies, and this is like yeah. as real, and like you feel like. There's no stunts it's, by the camera or anything like yeah, that. It's yeah. just you're looking at it, and it just feels. Really yeah, cool. it's just a funny. It's a funny pick to me. It's a very funny movie to to love. like to highlight. Yeah, like oh, I love this movie. This guy just like abuses a kid I mean, and then like kills people, and then he was abused, and it's just all. Abuse. I mean, how is it different than Silence of the Lambs For, or any other like, popular horror? Movie? An hour and a half, just abuse. That's all. Just watching some abuse. Hey, I don't. I liked it. I, don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm saying it's great, but. Just kind of a funny pick. Um, I would say that uh, I would characterize Bob as you talked about Forrest Gump or Sling Blade. I, I would call him like um, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even more specifically, the the Looney Tunes. You know, like the Looney Tunes character that's based on Lenny. I love him. It's I love him. Him. <laughs> him George. Call him George. Him Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought he was channeling. It makes me want to see Boxing Helena. I never saw that. Very controversial movie. It's not on streaming anywhere except at our our old friend effedupmovies.com has it. Really? That's it, the only it place. It's a Skinamax classic. Yeah. Because it's, it's Did very you see, Have you seen that? I saw it back in the day, but mostly just to go through puberty. I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of what was going on. Well, my my interest is- But it's, uh, it's got a messed up plot. It. You know yeah. the plot of it, right? Well, boxing, I think it means literally, right? He cuts off her arms and legs yeah. and makes him her watch him have sex with- other women. I didn't know so about Jennifer that part. Lynch. Right. Uh, this good. is you know, this movie is a parenting dual thing because it shows if your father raises you making fucked up movies, then you're gonna make fucked up movies. Well, uh Kat, I am dying to know <laughs> what you are. thought of I've been all week I've been thinking, boy, Kat must really be enjoying this pairing of films. I literally feel ill right now just from hearing <laughs> the two of you talk about this movie. I it my I don't think it's the eggnog that I'm drinking right now. I think it's the sickness that lives it in you guys. I just can't. Anyway, I didn't know this was uh, David Lynch's daughter. Makes a little bit more sense, but even David Lynch wasn't this fucking fucked up. To be honest, I watched Eraserhead a lot in college. Okay, oh. still. Yeah, I watched it a long ago. Flex. Um, and it, I thought it was weird, but at least it wasn't fucked up like this one. Um, this one's a bummer. To put it up, to to put it a little bit lightly, I would say, I think I've been uh, spoiled a little recently. Um, in the not a bummer category, watching a lot of fun '80s zombie love stories or whatever. This one really pulled me back into the bummer category. Um, so thank you guys so much in nice. a horrendous, horrendous way. Mostly every scene just made me feel worse and worse and worse. As a Law and Order fan, I uh, <laughs> it was really hard for me to watch my dear boy Vince uh, play such a rough character. Yes, I saw him as the evil bug alien in Men in Black. Um, Yes, I saw him as a weird serial killer in The Cell. 
um, which I can't wait to revisit. Make you guys watch that one. That was a great cable flick for me as an adolescent. Mm. J-Lo. I had no empathy for this character in this one. Hopefully no one else in this room did. Um, no. Yes, we had to watch. Hurt people hurt people. Cat. Yes, that's right. <sighs> Quit this podcast. The end then happened. I don't know where. It was such a weirdly paced yes. movie. Yeah. Like the last 10 minutes, maybe there should have been a little bit explanation instead of being like, Here's this piece of paper. Surprise. Well, yeah, let's not spoil I'm it. Not gonna okay. su- I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just saying I was just sitting there like, what yeah, the it, fuck? Yeah, this happens in like two minutes. Oh, my God. You like, don't expect a spoiler in this kind of paced movie. That's what I liked right. about it. Right. That's what you liked about it? Not okay. a spoiler. I meant a twist. It was a twist? You don't expect a twist. It was a big twist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I will ever watch this movie ever again, and I think I'll be okay for that. So, thanks, I guess. Well, for me, it had been... 10 years because I did see this movie when it first came out and I remember as soon as it started um, and that the whole opening sequence I was like I remember Chained I know what this is about generally but I did not remember all of like the the, I wouldn't even call it a third act the last 10 minutes as you put it Kat Mm -hmm. I also had no idea about Lynch's daughter doing it I had I've never seen boxing Helena I had no idea about the controversy like this movie was fun as hell to read about because it's insane it's a crazy journey but to answer your question cat there was supposed to be a much longer third act and they ran out of money ran out of time they ran out of time and money and they were supposed to film a much longer version of that ending that was a little less jarring however i still think it works because your jaw hits the floor like never in a million years would i have you know even pondered seeing that coming part of it i think is the way that the movie's shot like you said dave there's no there's no crazy camera tricks like you're very lulled into just watching this movie or just sickened by watching like (laughs) it's shot kind of similarly to like henry portrait of a serial killer uh in terms of i think some of the angles she uses and just like the tone of of the shots um but i had i could Ne- never remembered how deeply disturbing this was. I think both movies we're talking about are are have high high elements of nature versus nurture. So this one in particular, um, shout out to one of our listeners, John Wyman, who made an entire record with me about nature versus nurture, um, where we lost our minds together. But this that is the underlying theme of this one that I think you really have to think about. That to me, cat makes the ending intriguing. Not just the last visuals yes. we get, but then the audio that I think she probably put in there, you know, because she couldn't finish filming the entire final act. But mm-hmm. really, you're just as Bob, you know, exerts control over Rabbit and then starts to kind of show him some trust and do some of these things. I think by the end of it, that's the whole thing that you're thinking is, is this really nature versus nurture and then there's something else we find out about rabbit that i think makes it even more intriguing when you discover some of his origins Mm -hmm. and you know how how is he going to to make it in the world but i think this is one is i think this one is great it's not it's not a fun watch i can understand why you you know you said it was a fun rewatch. I've seen this one. Fun rewatch. I'm like, fun. <laughs> I, you know, Jesus. I, I do think this is fun. You guys are sick. I mean, I don't know. I, w- so I usually, you guys usually watch them before I do. So you'll like, you guys will say things about the film and I'm like, yeah, okay. And I don't really realize it. And then it the was word last, fun. The last word night. Fun, Trent's like, so Kevin, you called this a fun rewatch. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what? I responded appropriately. I wasn't sitting here laughing and like yeah. throwing confetti and like, oh my God, this is so enjoyable. It was more like, wow. Yay. When that twist comes, I was like, never saw that coming. And also I, I honestly thought that this was, it was, Released direct to video, I believe. Like this never got a theatrical Good. run. It's just streaming. Yeah, so I was just expecting. Okay, so this is just going to be like a low budge one of D'Onofrio's weird indie movies that he does. And okay, I'll I'll deal with it. I didn't know that it was like this well put together and that it hit this hard. I wouldn't call that fun. Maybe I, maybe I, I should have. The reason why I call it fun. Okay, guys, we're in the business of death. You understand that, right? We do death here. We do murder. People get murdered every week when we do this and it's make believe and like 
I feel like Cat, you get the feels when movies are acted so realistically and so gritty that it makes you feel sick. And like I like that feeling because I'm like, wow, they just killed that. They just made me feel like I was in this house mm-hmm. being held captive without you know any sunlight with this maniac. And I I love the realism of stuff, and it is make believe, and they are actors, and uh, things like this do happen. But I I think it is fun how hard they lean into these dark subjects and they kill it. That's not easy to do. I I wish there was more gore and violence in this. This this movie was originally was written Damien O'Donnell. I don't know who that is, but he wrote the original screenplay for this, and then they wanted Lynch to direct, and she just thought it was like straight up torture porn as, as she put it and she didn't want to do that so she rewrote the script kept the story the same like story but rewrote the script and you can still find um some interviews with her from when this came out i found a great print interview with her and D'Onofrio both and she was talking about how she wanted to take it in a more character driven direction and, and cut she cut out even though she did have to cut um, to get an R rating, it was originally rated NC-17. She had to cut. That blows my mind. By I the know, because it's like hardly any. I mean, it, again, I just think that this could, if you're going to do something this depraved, I want to go all the way with it because, I don't know, I thought that, you know, the message hurt people, hurt people doesn't seem like that. I mean, we watch a lot of depraved shit. I love depraved shit. I had no problem with that. But I felt like in this one, just to me, I, okay. So the point is that when people are horribly abused, they often go on to horribly abuse others. That's the big point of this whole thing. Like, no, what? I think I think it's more like how does Robert turn out? Look, that's that's the nature versus nurture thing, right? Because he had a loving I know childhood. That we, 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 yeah, we get Bob's background, and and you keep throwing out like the hurt people hurt people, but I think you're watching, and you're kind of really like paying rapt attention to like how Rabbit is evolving, and and in which way. And as far as the the gore goes, like I thought that the the actual just like roughhousing stuff, the like punches and stuff that yeah. Deforneo does, like oh, I did, I messed it up. Did oh, I? you were so, uh, it was so good. Deforneo. <laughs> Deforneo. Oh, when he's throwing rocks at Rabbit, when he's when he throws the rocks, them. and when when he's just like wrestling the women out of the cars and into the house, and the same thing with Rabbit, it's like so brutal. Like I can't imagine being in a movie and having Vince uh, come at me uh, like what what must that be like because you could tell there's no stunt people or anything it's just them wrestling around and to me that was like stressful to me because it's like they're supposed to be acting but it kind of looks like he's just slamming him down on the floor you know and I thought that stuff made up for the lack of gore I do think this movie could be better I mostly just love Vincent D'Onofrio's performance well, I think to to your point though, Trent, it's 2012. If this had just gone like torture porn, <clears throat> like the original script, wouldn't we be just sort of panning it? No, I'd be. I like being it more. Past the torture porn. I height? love torture porn. What are you talking about? I would I like know, it more. I think it would have made it a little less impactful. I, I mean, would have preferred it a little less impactful. I mean, even personally. with his performance, you could you could never call it just straight. Torture porn. No, it's because that's implying like a cheapness of. It's hardly a horror movie, really. It's more of a drama. Right. It's what? like a a dark drama. I mean, I there's it. a bunch of bodies. It's they don't this... show any. They show hardly. Yeah, we got there's Achilles. one throat slitting. We got oh, yeah, Achilles. Achilles. We got in both movies. We got the ankle, <laughs> yeah. the back of the ankle. Yeah, yeah. The nice. Pet cemetery. I just. What is it? What is it about me that makes me feel? God awful for I think watching these films. Your youth and your hope for humanity. What hope? I think she's just difficult. <laughs> <laughs> the the scene here that you talked about, Dave, with the driver's license game, that is one of the most subtly disturbing uh, scenes. Great scene of any movie, yeah. really, where yeah. he sits down with the licenses of his right, victims, deals them out like cards, says a name. So, like, in, in this scene, Rabbit starts by saying a name, and D'Onofrio basically reads off all the details of that victim. But then you discover he's been forcing Rabbit to also memorize this. Yeah. And memorize his activities in the, well, 
He's got 10 seconds to unlock the door. D'Onofrio goes and kills the, the, the woman, and then Rabbit has to then kind of clean up. But D'Onofrio has been making him memorize all of his victims and their all their license information, certain attributes that may not be listed on their license, how they may have Yeah, acted. it's like they're playing with base, baseball cards, and it's they're so, doing, it's rattling so off the stats. Yeah, it'd be like, stuff. all right, Kobe Bryant, 2008. Like, That's basketball. Right, average 32.1 points, uh, 12 rebounds a game, six assists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, She's fatter than her license said. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that, that was harsh. Uh, yeah, that was the worst part of this movie. No, I thought the worst he body part, shamed this woman. The worst part was uh, when he was like, there's a nice uh, article on uh, you and your mother going missing on page four. Oh, my God. <laughs> he throws I, a newspaper at him. I didn't, it took me two, two watches to get the flashback scene. I was not ready, and I was very confused by at some point in the movie, later in the movie, out of nowhere, it starts giving you this, this flashback as... Bob is like flailing around naked on his bare mattress. He's like remembering his childhood and his whole scene where his dad's beating him. And then his dad forces him and his mother to have sex. Mm -hmm. And it's so jarring and weird and confusing. I didn't even get what was going on the first time. And second time I was like, wow, that's taking it to another level. I mean, why did that have to be in there? It it comes quick. And I think at first I thought. So did he. His (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, one more outburst like that and I am done at with first, this episode at first I thought it was just a very generic his dad is a serial killer too and is making him participate so his dad was also a rapist in a serial killer right. that's yeah, not the yeah, case th- that's what he, and that's what Bob's yeah, doing I mean, that's sure. where you're just going to go right. from I guess tropes of the past watching this film I did have a, a, an additional person with me I spent a lot of this movie I have learned a lot about horror films and I can pick up quickly on terrible things that are going to happen. So I quickly picked up on the motherfucking right happening. Right. So I took advantage of the oh, 30 second, the 30 second uh, skip button. So Nick's like, wait, why what's going on? I'm like, he's fucking his mom. I don't want to see it. And he's like, how did you know? I'm like, don't worry about it. Every I'm day not, people like motherfucker it. this, skipping, motherfucker that. Skipping, but how skipping, often skipping. do people actually fuck their mother? Well, it's refreshing. This was, Yeah, refreshing. Um, <laughs> and if we're talking about the jarring end, so I'm watching this movie and Nick is just looks at me. He's like, I have to go to bed. This is too much for me. I can't watch this movie. Wow, he was Nick. Like, I, he's like, I'm all set. And I'm like, understood. Love you so much. I'll see you in about 10 minutes. There's 30 minutes left of this movie. I'm going to be skipping through a lot of it probably. Which is so I did some skipping, took my, you know, I took my points. Insulting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, for watching this, um, took uh, my important plot points. I'm not not looking at you. I'm talking to you. (laughs) Took my important plot points and then saw the ending happen in 10 minutes the final act and then i went and told i was like hey nick you'll never guess what happened and he was like what he's like how did that why and i'm like i don't know nick time to go to bed but that's, and but i didn't that's sleep at all right dreams. There. we're complaining about how it's not that gory and all this stuff and it's about a it man does have a, this affected me more than any fu- there are reasons two characters in a house you know what i mean that's a lot to do, yeah, to it's very impactful. I didn't need any gore in this movie. And it's times like this that I'm very excited for the seat that I sit in when we do the podcast because I don't face the screen. I just look <laughs> at the other side of the room while everyone else watches it behind me because I don't need to watch this movie ever again. Actually, Jennifer Lynch wanted to do a director's cut. I don't think that ever happened, but she... That was the budget stuff, too. She ta- yeah. yeah, she talked about how... And I hadn't heard this heard of this situation specifically, but she was talking about how the way the movie was, was put together, financed, and sold, they already had so many... They had distributors, and they had all these different companies already lined up before it, it was even done filming. So by the time they got to the end, she had she was contractually obligated to keep it to ninety minutes or whatever it was. She couldn't go over that. So that's why that ending part is seems so truncated, like it should have been more of a thing. And she talks about how she want her her dream was to do a director's cut where you'd expand on that whole ending. I just I'm curious what people. I don't want to spoil it, but I'm just curious if people liked the twist or not at the end, Cat. <laughs> I, j- I mean. Because it's a big twist. It's a big twist, and it's not that I honestly 
by the end of the movie, I was just like, okay. I was just kind of like, all right. So you weren't really watching it? I w- no, I was watching it, unfortunately. <laughs> I watched the whole thing, and at the end, I was just like, I mean, I guess if you want to make this movie even more terrible for my inner you psyche. You did a good job acting, though? You I think, think the his, acting was great. I think His dialogue was so quotable. I thought the whole time, like, I right now I have so many things in my head. Uh, just because like you want to do that accent. It's just because you want to do his weird accent. <laughs> but he, well, I think he wants to do other things, It was too. memorable. <laughs> it was memorable to me. It was a very memorable performance. What, what did you think of the, the twist, Kevin? I thought it was great. You liked the twist? Thought it was great. Did, never saw it coming. Dave? Like, did not. And, and it ties in a ton. Um, we did, I think, we had the volume on earlier today, watching a little bit more. It ties in so much stuff um, throughout the film. Right. But yeah, I thought it was very it's well It's expedited very quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't expect it. At that point, I was already like, oh, I love the performances in this movie. It's great so far. It's kind of a meditation. Maybe it's not about anything. I, I watch these movies on Tubi. Every time you guys pick something that's on Tubi, I watch the following movies, like the next four movies that it plays after automatically. And I think that's how I found Chained originally. Well, did you do that for this one? Because it kept trying to make us watch Pet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched I watched Pet after that when I when I watched this just recently. But I, um, I I did like the ending. Um, I was I was just like, oh wow, they just wrapped it all up and they tied it into the beginning. I didn't expect it to be like that. I j- just expected it to be like an actor showcase kind of thing. Like, it didn't. I mean, it made no sense whatsoever. It was such a bizarre. You're talking about realism and the the realism with which the story is depicted up till that point, and then you just have this crazy, bizarre. This would make you know a night blush. Crime. It reminded me of true crime. But why? Like, I stranger mean, just, than fiction, kind of. Yeah, know. it's just I don't know. I, I didn't mind. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't like it. It just was. I don't know. It just seems bizarre, and it, it undercuts the whole idea that this is supposed to be some sort of serious. Uh, examination of nature, nurture, and abuse, and all this, and then you throw this crazy, sensational twist in there out of nowhere. I don't know. My other question is: uh, I was reading about people, uh, specifically Jennifer Lynch, the director. She said that the ending was supposed to be hopeful. I was that was literally going to be my Bro, next comment. Ending, what a bleak ending! <laughs> and then I read I that same interview way, yeah. where she said, "You know, ultimately that ending I, is supposed to be like yeah. hopeful." Because he got like, a house. Huh? I think she <laughs> he I got, got a house. That's it. I think Jennifer Lynch and I have very different views on the ending. Cat, did you think that final end was hopeful, or did you no. think it was despairing? I thought it was despairing. I yeah. think if she wanted us to think it was hopeful, then she should have done something else. I, I don't know what that I, was. This is one of my favorite victims, the girl that has to pee, the drunk girl that has to pee. I have to pee right now. I have to go. Kevin, hopeful, despairing. I thought it was despairing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I started to think about it after I read that interview with her. And like Kat said, the noises that you have at the end. That's, to me, isn't, those are, that's him doing the stuff. I think there's an interpretation there that you can get out of it. Okay. It seemed to me like he was going to work. I can, Let's I can, not he's, spoil it. I can, he's doing his job. I can see a very heated oh, argument so on this, where both sides yeah. are neck and neck. Yeah, I, I think that it showed him, you know, taking well, this rightful place. You know, so we far enough in. Like, I did want to talk a little bit about that final thing, the final girl, if you will, uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked. Oh yeah, yeah. I really liked that, that was a kind of a twist before right. the whole rabbit. Family rabbit thing. turns out rabbit can't really. He hasn't molded rabbit really the way he would want no. to. Mold but I like that the all the medical knowledge that he's gotten. He stabs the girl. And you're right. like, oh my god, he stabbed her. And then you find out, oh no, he knew exactly where to stab her. So I tried she to miss your die, vitals. miss the organs, and he's gonna like get her. I thought that was a pretty good plan. Mm-hmm. I thought I liked how. He did keep his, I thought he kept his morals the whole time. Right. And he never wavered from that. Um, right. Right. That's true. That's That was a big part of it because Bob is trying to get Rabbit to pick out like women to kill from a yearbook. For like a decade. He's driving him around. <laughs> yeah. Driving him to the college campus, trying to get him to participate and Rabbit refuses. He, he never does participate in anything the whole time. So mm-hmm. I guess that that goes toward trying to say something a little bit more than just watch this terrible shit. Another cold-ass part of this is is that he could only eat what Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> didn't eat. It was like uh, the platform. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, could only eat, he could only eat food that Bob was done with. So Bob would have his cereal in the morning, and then Rabbit has to come drink the bowl of the, the milk. I would just serve him more. 
No, that was kind of a domination. It was like a domination thing. We'll talk more about that in the next movie. Woo! <laughs> Hot stuff. All right, yeah, I guess you're, you're wrapping this up. You're wrapping this all up. Okay. Done. The second film I picked is from this year, which I now know is 2022, Resurrection. This is about a woman and her daughter. Uh, She's a successful single mom. Everything's going great in her life until suddenly she sees this man uh, at a conference. And the mere sight of this man terrifies her. We find out later why, but she's tormented. And the more she sees this guy, who's played by Tim Roth... His name is David, and he's not really doing anything to her. He's just his mere presence terrifies her, and she starts losing her mind, starts getting unhinged. Her and her daughter's relationship is strained. Her and her lover, her and her coworkers, she's failing at work. And then in this one brilliant monologue, we usually hate exposition dumps, but this one beautiful monologue done by Rebecca Hall in in the middle of this movie she takes about like eight to ten minutes uh, just by herself doing this soliloquy of horror uh, telling the story. And it's one of the best, like, I usually don't like anything of this nature. And it just is a testament to what a good actress she is. So she was in a relationship with Tim Roth when she was 19 years old. And they had a baby. It's not really a spoiler because, I mean, this this comes out like halfway through the movie and the rest of the movie is coping with that. Uh, so it's basically, he ate the baby. Yeah. There, I said That's it. He it. ate the yeah. baby. Tim Roth ate the baby. Uh, and then she just pieced out there like, I can't believe this guy ate, ate my baby. He was very uh, domineering and very controlling. Uh, he played all these mental games with her. And it was this really weird old guy, young woman relationship and she's kind of dredging up the past now that she's seen him and she's dealing with a lot of this trauma that it seems like she's been kind of just pushing down and getting on with her life. And it's basically about their their interaction and their reckoning uh, after 22 years of him eating the baby. I thought this was amazing. I thought it was super original. Trent reminded me uh, of this because I watched it when it first came out and I didn't remember how messed up this movie is. Again, it's another movie like Chained where it's very uh, realistic except with an unreliable narrator. Uh, The acting is flawless in my opinion. I thought it was really great. And again, it's no flashy camera work. Uh, It's just straight on, realistic, uh, psychological thriller. What'd you guys think? Well, twist my arm and get me to watch another Rebecca Hall movie. I don't know when she's going to start piling up the Oscars, but you know, I wonder if because she does some of these quirky, like offbeat, but very well done movies, um, she'll she'll win the Oscar first, and then Jenna Ortega will get hers. But yeah, I thought that this was kind of the unreliable narrator thing that you mentioned. That was definitely all throughout my notes. I have a lot of questions about this. I won't spoil my first take with them, but I have so many questions about scenes and realities and what could and could not be you know actually happening could have actually happened um it is bonkers that the last sequence is completely out of left field for kind of how dry and like i guess emotionally raw the rest of the movie is uh tim roth i think is good he's kind of like um cape fear like robert de niro light um and, and don't get me wrong like Tim Roth is an incredible actor, but I think he had such a lighter load than Rebecca Hall did. I mean, she's in practically every scene of this movie. Um, overall, definitely horror. Another one that kind of like rides the fence and, and predominantly is outside of the horror genre and is more of you're just, you know, kind of like, um, ah, shit. What was the first Rebecca Hall movie you had us watch? Christine. Christine. Yes. Kind of like Christine. You're just watching Rebecca Hall fall apart for, I don't know, well, the entire movie. (laughs) 
Because like you said, Dave, she does start like very in control. She clearly is this single mom, successful. She's got a teenage daughter. Things seem to be going well. However, they're already establishing in the beginning of the movie that her character has to be completely in control or things aren't going to go well. So you see like when her daughter you know, has something happened at the beginning, she starts to crumble a little bit. Um, she does have a boyfriend, but he's a married co-worker, uh, and she's keeping him at arm's length. This is booty call. He's clearly developing more feelings. Um, overall, I think this is it's fantastic. You know, for Rebecca Hall movies, it'd probably, probably crack, like, the top four. Uh, I'm still going to go, you know, Christine is f- uh, phenomenal. The Night House, I think, is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I loved this one. It was a good one. What a weird and interesting story. I did not see most of this coming. Um, I think when it comes to movies, especially horror movies, I don't want to suspend belief. I, wa- I don't want a unreliable narrator. The narrator to me is the movie, is kind of, I think, how I view these and how I kind of go towards them. Um, I want what happens in front of my eyes to be plausible in the real world. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes not everything has to make sense. And that is something that I run into a lot with this podcast. And I think that's something that makes me not like movies is when I'm like, well, that couldn't happen in real life. This, you couldn't, pull a baby out of the tummy like that does that's not how it works that's not how that's not how real life is so no freddy krueger no jason no that's what i'm so in but there's something different to me in like a real life because this is realism i know what this, you mean because exactly, movies like that realism. freddy krueger are not pretending to be a realism exactly so that's why i didn't like that one because it was just like so real and so that's why this time like in this movie I believe Rebecca Hall and I'm like you what you say is absolute absolute truth because you are the narrator of this film you're leading this film so when it doesn't match up to what could really happen in reality I tend to be like well what the fuck but this movie was so good besides that that I just kind of was like well fuck it and just kind of threw it you know threw the script up in the air and was like school's out Woo, kind of a thing. Um, there's there's no way that obviously things in this movie could happen in real life. It's just not plausible. But, um, you know, like how her career would survive after walking to work with no shoes on and then like being really sweaty in like a corporate office. Like that's just not, she's not just going to walk into her she's office. She's in good shape and nobody saw her barefoot. Well, she they did sweating. at the end. They did at the end when she walked in all oh, crazy right. pants and she just walks into her office and they're like, this is fine. It's just like tiny things like that where in my mind it's like, okay, well that couldn't really happen. It was uh, it was an effective and suspenseful film and a metaphor for, you know, being in an, in an abusive relationship for sure. So I think that was woven into these into this, like, suspension of reality. And it worked in such a way that I absolutely loved it. And even though the ending was fucking crazy, and I don't really think it turned out the way that the narrator is trying to make you think it turned out, it was just a bonkers film. And it... it I had an awesome time. I would watch it again. I'd watch this a, a billion times. I'm happy. You know what? Let me turn my chair. Oh, wow. Let me watch <laughs> it. Wow. Look at this. Such grace. Such beauty. Um, great film. Well, Dave, once again, I mean, you're you're getting at my softer side, I guess, this week. Um, I, you know, Babies. I, I too like to see a love story. You know, a. a story between a man and a woman that have so much love for each other and such enduring love over the ages. I mean, these people come back together after 20 years. And this is probably, I'd say, one of the most fucked up movies of the year. Deeply fucked up. I mean, we we watch a lot of stuff that is fucked up, but this, it's just in, in a way that is like so oogie and creepy. I'm not sure he ate the baby. We're talking about reliable narration. I don't know that that actually happened. Maybe it did, but it seems to me it's possible that 
he just told her that. It's part of his sick game. And mm-hmm. so throughout the movie, whenever they're they're interacting, he keeps saying he he supposedly he killed their baby when she was out and he, he ate the baby literally. And so he keeps saying Ben is with me and he's like touching his stomach. It's so bizarre. So weird. And I would say Tim Roth, I mean, yeah, he's not the lead in this, but I thought Tim Roth was absolutely amazing in this when he gives that grin at the beginning and you sh- and it shows that he doesn't have a tooth. Uh because the tooth was in the daughter's purse or whatever. That just that moment oh, in right. one second flash he goes from like could be just a guy who doesn't know what this crazy lady is saying to the most evil presence. Ah, and he keeps telling her mm-hmm. Ben Ben's right here, patting his belly. Ben's it's, well, that's the thing that I think is cool. Is that, like, so weird. It's got that psychological mind fuck of like dog tooth, where yeah. someone's just feeding someone wrong information over and over again, and like yeah. conditioning them, and then uh, it just like completely. So at the, you think that she's not crazy the whole time, and it's not till the very end that she becomes unreliable as a narrator, and that's when it's like, whoa! I thought that right. we were on the same page yeah. here. Well, they. They have that moment, though, like the first time you see Tim Roth. Well, the first time you see the dialogue with Tim Roth where he was just like, you approached me. Yeah. You told me all about your daughter. And so in that moment, you're like, wait, is she is she projecting? Is she crazy? Like, what is going on? So in that moment is when it was kind of like, okay, time to like stay alert kind of a thing and that's what kind of kept me guessing the rest of the way where I was like okay well no but he circled back with the tooth thing and then yeah he's showing up and then he's like keeps talking about Ben and Ben and Ben and Ben but still that's kind of when they put the seed of doubt into you and that's when she becomes unreliable Ben's here right now he's inside me Listen, so fucking weird you can hear him but why they never explain why he's back now no why he waited so long to come back now it's a good question well she's hiding from him he could have been looking for her. I mean, I feel like she's pretty high profile. They don't yeah, talk about internet. whether she changed yeah, her yeah. name. It's a good question. Or... Doesn't doesn't tell you so that. So one of the questions I had, could Abby, her daughter... Be his next target? Or be Ben? What do you mean? Was Abby the child that he supposedly that killed? she left oh, with. And this is all some sort of metaphor for just like something else. The child thing that... Maybe well, she, she stole the child Abby. from. She raised Abby. Abby but they exists. say nothing about Abby's dad. But it was twenty-two years ago. True, and she's not twenty-two. No, she's just turning eighteen. She's 18. Right. right. Okay. That oh, makes right. me wonder if okay. he was coming back for for Abby somehow because she's the same age that Margaret was when he got a hold of her. So it's funny. Oh, I, he leaves the tooth uh, in her purse, and he the oh, implies okay. that he caused yep. the accident. Maybe when she's on her yeah, bike. Also, also, if I, I'm sorry. Personally, I don't know about you guys. If I found a tooth in my wallet or purse or whatever, you think I'm just gonna be like, "Ha ha, mom, look what I found!" No, I'd be like, "I'm cursed." That's the I'd first be thing like, I think. "Call the police." I liked how you were spinning both of these movies as some sort of romantic, beautiful thing. So, yeah, um, nice, nice week, Dave. Nice job. <laughs> Earlier tonight, my daughter and I were talking about we want to make remakes of like '90s rom-coms, but instead. Like of like a handsome guy, you just have like Joe Spinell like running after a woman at the airport to try to stop her wedding, and it's like a horror movie all of a sudden. Like wait, <laughs> this was on the. Uh, I, I this is the first I've I guess I've heard maybe in the past about the the blacklist. Yeah, the script black blacklist. Every year there's a survey of studio and production executives about their favorite screenplays that have yet to be made, and Resurrection was on the list in 2019. Nobody had picked it up to make yet. This is on Shutter right now. I was kind of surprised it went. I was shocked that this is on Shutter. Yeah, I think this seems like more of a Hulu number to me. Yeah, well, I don't it's, know it's why. It's interesting too. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Siemens, writer director. Technically, I think if you look at his IMDb, this isn't his first feature. He did one other, but it's not available to stream. But it's yeah. like 2012. I mean, this is another movie, much like the last one. Like if you switched out Rebecca Hall for anyone else, this would not be a good movie. I feel that, like. That monologue, that and I was oh. thinking the same thing. Just eight straight minutes of her telling the whole story to her poor underling at the, oh, at an the intern who's just like, "Hey, yeah. what's up?" <laughs> I well, felt it, like the underling at the end when she's like, "Is this a joke?" I'm like, "Is it?" Well, like the underling Amazing. has. I don't know if Rebecca Hall is a manager or like HR, but she has this 
employee. Yeah. Keep, it sets it up I think perfectly. She's an intern. It sets yeah. it up perfectly for for that eight minute dialogue you oh, talk man. about Incredible. because it starts with Gwyn, I think is the employee's name, basically talking about like some light she's sexual. She's giving her like boyfriend advice and stuff. Let me speak to you about the most fucked up shit for eight consecutive <laughs> minutes. Amazing. Then can you go back and get some work done? Yeah, I kept waiting during that monologue. I kept waiting for them to cut back to the intern so we could yeah. just see her facial to see if her you know facial expression was the same that I was making, which is like a dropped jaw, being like, "What the fuck?" The whole the whole movie is really worth it for that one incredible scene to mm-hmm. me. I mean, that just it's like the centerpiece. It's so good. When do you not something you see a lot of? If if I were a woman, if I were a Rebecca Hall, I would hope to have a relationship like she has with her coworker. When she uh, finds him on the street, he's just kind of lurking on the street when her daughter like takes off. And oh, she like throws him down on the ground and she would she say to him something? Or I'll beat you to your dead. She's just so hard. She has no mercy on that poor guy. The whole movie relationship wise. That's the the married guy that she's yeah, seeing. She yeah, just yeah, kind of like uses him, him for sex. She's not doesn't seem like she's interested in any she's romance. She's overall kind of mean to him all yeah. the time. Well, yeah. maybe he deserves it. He's cheating on his wife. Yeah, that's kind of her thing. She's just like, she calls him up, it, she so. snaps her fingers, and he comes over, and they have sex, and then she goes on with the stuff she's more interested in. Yeah, because she tries to bang, Again, in the, bang him in the bathroom, and he's like, I'm, I don't like this. It's like, what are you... Get out of here. I think because she, she was losing control in that moment, and he, yeah. he is one of her many things that she feels control over. So she's like, oh, meet me in the bathroom right now because oh, she yeah. has to assert some control over her life, and it's having sex with this guy. <laughs> I thought all the, the dynamics between all the different people were great in this. You know, uh, They were a bit, like, very extreme. Like when, people were, when she was with her daughter, she was much different than when she was with other people. So you see all these different sides of her. And it's all about maintaining control. Yep. So we keep talking about uh, a final scene, but there's really two. And there's a really, really fucked up one, and then there's the actual final scene. Do we have any takes on... I mean, the final scene cannot be real. It's no, a dream there's sequence. no yeah. way. Yeah. It's like so we think she's still sitting in the aftermath of the second to final scene. Yeah. I th- I think at the very end of the movie she's still in the scene in the hotel it's room. It's almost a Saint Maud kind of thing. Yeah, that would be my. That's a good call. Yeah. Trent, like what it. are some what are some kindnesses that you would like somebody that you were in a loving relationship with uh, to ask you to to do? <laughs> I know mine. I need some I need some time. That's that's a great question, Kevin. Just, but I'm not that fast right just now. Just the dishes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where I know. Just the about. dishes. Rabbit. For my money, one of the most deeply disturbing movies of the year. Of a lot of disturbing movies I saw. Could this make a the top? I think this list? could make my ten. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Definitely in my ten. Yeah. I have my ten. You have your ten? So wow! Year. It's not time yet. It's wow! Not time. I don't have ten. I've yeah, there's got... too many I haven't seen yet. I know. I'm still I trying s- to catch up on a couple. I still haven't seen Bones and all. Well, there is the so, Trent. You talked a lot about in the last movie how hurt the hurts hurt hurt sure hurt, or yeah. whatever hurt, yeah. hurt, hurt. Hurt controlled hurt. control hurt. in this one for sure. Right. She spent many years with Rothy right. Rothy boy just doing kindnesses and being completely controlled by him and then right. projects that in a very less ab- abusive way, of I would course, say, to her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Controlled I think that's a good point. She's trying her to staff, make up for that ultimate loss of control yeah. that she experienced with her him. Her lovers, all that stuff. Right, so she's, her daughter. She's bringing it back. I liked when, her, when she's getting on her daughter about, she's very nervous about her daughter going off to college. I think that that's an element at play is this sort of like looming empty nest thing and, mm-hmm. her, and her, she's not gonna be able to control her daughter anymore she's going off to college i liked when her yeah. daughter was like if a frat guy gives me a pill i'm just gonna take it no questions oh asked. my god <laughs> i thought she was such a little bitchy bitch in that scene i'm like wow what an asshole and then like as this, as the movie went on i'm like no oh, so i take sad. it back that's i the take thing it sad back. about that generation because i like parent i have a similar dynamic with my daughter yeah and they're just like always right like they're not gonna go like they don't eat like rice krispies all day yeah. And then go smoke weed and stuff. Like they, they just want to like be smart and do stuff. That's shit we did. I definitely had like a real moment, I think, when the daughter was talking about, you know, like I don't feel safe 
Like oh, I need to so leave sad. kind of thing. It's like, yeah. you know, like I think a lot of people have had that moment. So that, that part kind of like irked me a little bit. I would say just like in the control and like home life and, and watching like your parent kind of deteriorate in that way. Um, so that part kind of, you know, made it a little bit real. And then it just kind of took that weird turn where it like brought you back to like a, a dis sense of reality. And I'm like, okay, let's do this more. I, I prefer not being in reality anymore. One thing I didn't think was realistic was the way that they don't just explain what's happening. And they do this at a lot of movies where there'll be this big tension and someone's mad at someone for something. But if you just said, well, they murdered everybody and you know, like, <laughs> well, the, yeah, you'd be yeah. all set, but they just like yeah. shrug and they're like, Oh, it's she too dark to, to keep, talk about. She keeps all this from her daughter. Yeah. She won't. Right. And she makes up dumb stuff that then later her daughter finds out isn't true. And that's my like, ex. He ate my baby. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, done. <laughs> that would have explained a lot, but yeah. that's, but that's her admitting that she once did not have control mm-hmm. and that she's that's afraid of yeah. going right. back there. Like she can't show weakness. Oh my, it's cause she was like, she blamed herself for, for, being abused basically that was the most fucked up thing is that she told yeah. the story as like the worst thing as she's she, like, ever done i can't believe i did that and it, the whole time oh, i was man. waiting for her to say like and then i cut his dick off or something like that and then, he vomited and then it and i ate it yeah and then nothing ever happened it was <laughs> yeah. literally just like and then i ran away and i'm like what did you do what did yeah. you do wrong like why couldn't you go to the police with this why couldn't you talk to your daughter about what talk to anyone about it no you know what you should do Tell your weird intern about it. That seems like a much better idea. <laughs> he ate all except two fingers. Two. Yeah, where'd those two fingers go? I'm taking those two fingers. Next week. <laughs> Cats what back. What a swerve. Cats back, baby. What are we doing? We're going to watch. You're welcome, Mon. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm In advance. We're going to watch The Evil Bong. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be so high. And then Jason, what? Oh, I thought you don't want to you don't want to watch Cell? No, I'm not going to oh, watch no. the Cell. It's that, Stoner Week. Or the Stoner Cell. Week. Oh, Friday the 13th, 2010. Yeah. Is it or 2010? 2008. 2008. Yeah. It don't matter. The Friday one the 13th, with... 2008, there's weed in it. There's weed in it. It's weed. It's Cat's Weed Week. I work for a <laughs> weed company. Woo! <laughs>